Voice of St. Louis original podcast. We're almost to Friday, but first we've got to get up to date on everything that's happened on this Thursday across St. Louis in the St. Louis All Local. Today is Thursday, July 27th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top local story, St. Louis police announced they've arrested a 34-year-old man in connection with Sunday's abduction and sexual assault of a 6-year-old boy in St. Louis Hills. Police say they received over 100 tips from the public after releasing surveillance images of the suspect. The man is not being named yet and charges will be filed with the circuit attorney tomorrow. Police have given no information about the victim. A KMOX follow-up. Federal prosecutors have charged a local urgent care doctor and his office manager with fraud for billing Medicare and Medicaid for services that were actually done by unlicensed and unsupervised assistant physicians. Dr. Sonny Sagar, who owns multiple urgent care centers and a clinic named St. Louis General Hospital, hired assistant physicians who were not qualified to practice medicine and did not get proper training or supervision from collaborating physicians. He and his office manager, Renita Berenger, falsely told physicians that they only needed to sign blank forms to be supervised. Sagar and Berenger are accused of making false statements to the health care programs and entered not guilty pleas in court today. A downtown homeless shelter shut down six years ago by the city says it's considering a federal lawsuit after a city hall board sided with those who don't want it to ever reopen. Pastor Ray Redlick of the New Life Evangelistic Center says the decision violates their constitutional right to operate as a daytime ministry to the homeless. We've always been a church in that sense that we are a light for the gospel in the in the community. We're a, a place that people can come and know that they have a real friend. And that's what we that's what we want to do here in this location. Not an overnight shelter. We've made it very clear that this is not going to be an overnight shelter. Opponents argued that opening the shelter would bring back the same nuisance property conditions of loitering and begging that led it to being shut down. The dangerous high heat is just another day at work for many without air conditioning. The hottest job this hot week may belong to Tyler McNeil. With a hard hat on and construction clothes, he climbs down a ladder beneath the hot asphalt to work in a steam tunnel. They can range anywhere from 100, 130 degrees once you get down in there. Doesn't that, you feel like a piece of cooked chicken? Uh, Kind of. When he comes back up to the 90 to 100 degree weather, it feels nice, so. (laughs) And some garbage truck drivers say the garbage in the back smells especially sweet on days like this. And all they do is drink water and sweat and drink more water. With the people in the heat, Kevin Colleen, KMOX News. July's on track to be the planet's hottest month ever recorded. Jack Fishman, director of SLU's Center for Environmental Sciences, says triggering the heat waves is a slower, more stagnant jet stream. Fishman says the jet stream gets its energy from the temperature difference between the Earth's poles and its lower latitudes. The warming at the poles is now greater due to climate change. And the difference because of the discrepancy in the amount of warming taking place uh, is less than it had been, therefore the jet stream is, is slower and it tends to be stuck in certain positions. Right now it's stuck in a position that's stalling severe heat over the southwestern U.S., southern Europe, and China. St. Louis police continue their refocus on traffic violations. Officers conducted an initiative along three major streets, North Grand, North Florissant, and North Broadway, and issued 93 traffic tickets yesterday, including 30 for dangerous driving like speeding and 55 for issues like expired plates and no insurance. The Land Reutilization Authority is the oldest land bank in this country. And Lance Knuckles is the LRA's director. He says they've recently adopted changes to their sales policies to make things more transparent, efficient, and equitable. The city agency owns hundreds of properties, mostly in North City. The LRA is launching a new website. Uh, And have a roadmap to allow residents to understand each step in the journey so that people can be more informed around the rigor because we are expecting 
residents now to show a little bit more capacity. Capacity to purchase a property and then to refurbish it into something livable that could return to the tax rolls. The KMOX business desk, a change at the top of one of St. Louis's largest public companies. Proficient CEO Jeffrey Davis is leaving the post in October. He's led the technology consulting firm since 2009 and the company's headquarters shift from Austin, Texas to St. Louis that year. He'll be replaced by Chief Operating Officer Tom Hogan, who will also join the company's board in a newly created seat. As the news continues on KMOX, in less than a month, Republican presidential candidates will share a debate stage. KMOX's Megan Lynch looks at what's at stake. John Shaw, director of the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute at Southern Illinois University Carbondale, says the August 23rd debate in Milwaukee is seen as essential for presidential hopefuls. And make their case uh, to GOP voters, but also probably even more critically to donors to get on the radar of the media, to kind of be discussed in the political class. Current frontrunner Donald Trump has said it might not benefit him to make an appearance, but Shaw says he doubts the former president will be able to resist a chance to be in the spotlight. It's been a week for staying close to the air conditioning, if you can, but not everyone works or lives with an AC blowing on them. KMOX's Kevin Colleen talked with some construction workers on their job sites and a man living in an unair conditioned hotel room downtown. What's been the hottest moment for you this week, working in construction? under these underground tunnels? Uh, probably just being in some of the steam holes. I would say they can range anywhere from you know, 100, 130 degrees once you get down in there. Plus, you you come back out and it feels way nicer up here and it's still hot. <laughs> you go down in the steam hole where it's 130 degrees? Yeah, sometimes they can range. They're not all that hot, but if it's a steam hole, yeah. Doesn't that, you feel like a piece of cooked chicken? Uh, kind of. When he comes back up to the 90 to 100 degree weather, it feels nice, so... <laughs> And you're working in an old building being renovated. No air conditioning in there? There's no air conditioning in How here. How hot is it in the old building? Um, it usually runs around 100, 105 in there. Does that get your attention when you're in there? Yeah, that definitely gets our attention. Uh, What's it feel like? Man, I tell you what, it's you change your clothes a couple times a day in there, you know what I mean? It's, it does something to you. Oh, yeah, they're definitely, definitely got to keep an eye on them, you know? Well, the Mark Twain Hotel is an eight-story uh, weekly rate hotel. And what's the situation in a heat wave? Is there any air conditioning? No, there's no air conditioning unless you buy one for $75. People can't afford it. So you see very limited air conditioners up there. I also see a lot of the windows are open in the heat of the day. Yeah, because there's no air conditioning there. There's no central air, there's nothing. Gotta let the air flow through. And this is a brick building? Yes. How does it feel in there? About 110, 120. What's it like in the Mark Twain Hotel at night when you try to sleep during a heat wave? It's hot. I uh, I turn on my faucet, wet my hair down, my face down, roll, and get in front of the fan and have the window wide open. And do you get any any relief, any sleep? A little bit. I sleep maybe two or three hours a night. Everybody we talked with about being in the heat this week says they are drinking a lot of water and getting into the shade whenever they can. The Citizens for a Greater Downtown St. Louis group released a report on what's being done about nuisance properties after they made headlines the past couple of years for rowdy behavior and incidents of violence. Arnold Stricker is a member of the group and tells about the new report. Well, it discusses the inaction of the city to utilize their existing ordinances to take care of problem properties not only in the downtown area, but this is specifically downtown, but also in the remainder of the city. And the city has really abandoned their responsibility in many ways. And there are several examples that are given in there. One is the 
Trucker Shell building, the Shell gas station, which uh, has had a, a great deal of uh, issues over the past uh, several years. Uh, there's another case study in there that talks about the New Life Evangelistic Center, which today they were denied in their continued efforts to reopen that place. And the Rain Nightclub was another case study. Eli Walker lofts. And really, it's, it's, uh, the government is not trying to uh, keep up with these things and uh, help the residents and the citizens of uh, the city of St. Louis out in any ways. And it, they're allowing the citizens to kind of assume the responsibility and the effort and the finances to uh, get these problem properties taken care of. So if the city, he says, is not doing anything about nuisance properties, what should they be doing right now? We've talked about short-term rentals and those kinds of things. There's been some legislation that's going through the, the Board of Aldermen right now. There are, there's, I, I guess, a couple other things is to really engage landlords in the community, uh, engage the landlords who are out there and, and talk about these nuisance tenants that they allow into their properties. Uh, these would be drug dealers. These would be uh, areas that are large spaces that uh, the city allows in that aren't really identified for that, i.e., this is like the rain, quote-unquote, restaurant, which actually turned into a nightclub. And it really engaged the community and asked them, uh, attend, attend court hearings. Uh, you know, tell us more about illegal activities that you see going on in various properties around buildings around the city and create some dialogue rather than just be in a, inattentive to these things. So I, I think there's a lot that they can do to reach out uh, rather than, my words, give lip service to this. You know, I have seen buildings within the city that had fires in them six years ago that are still standing that have not been dealt with. And they're in neighborhoods of many, many residents. And that is on the aldermen and that is on the city for not enforcing that landlord to take care of that building. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Calhoun. Subscribe to St. Louis All Local on KMOX.com or the Odyssey app.